going beyond the headlines, getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. You know what's been fun over the last month or so since the provincial election campaign is that we've been able to spread our wings a little bit. We've been allowed to fly a little bit and try a few other topics of conversation and we certainly did that yesterday and we're going to continue that today a wide ranging show for you is to uh, start things off we're going to talk a little bit about saving money not only for uh your kids or your grandkids as you're heading uh, as they're heading to colleges or universities down the line but the effect that it might have down the line if you don't plan ahead personal finance editor keely Kahn will be joining us or kelly keen pardon me i've got my syllables in the wrong places there kelly Keen is going to join us in just a few minutes uh, to talk delaying retirement and what a lot of people are having to do now because they are trying to help their kids and their grandkids and what kinds of tips she might have in terms of getting uh, ahead of the curve. So looking forward to that conversation. A little news you can use on this Wednesday. We'll also talk Breakfast Club getting a $5 million injection over the next five years from Pembina Pipelines. So the uh, private in, uh, private sector weighing in big, helping out kids who need a healthy breakfast to start the day. Ben, uh, ben Numer will join us from Breakfast Clubs of Canada to talk about the importance of that, but also of the, of the funding, but also beyond that is where they can go from here with that new help from Pembina Pipeline. We'll also talk a little women in science, technology, engineering, and math. An event today being held in conjunction with the University of Calgary, Mount Royal University in State, hoping to get 850 grade 9 girls interested in STEM careers. Dr. Lale Bejat will join us after 4.30 to talk about that. After 5 o'clock, it's been a busy day at City Hall, in case you missed the news with Brenda over the course of the afternoon. A lot of topics. I know right now they're delving into the issues surrounding flooding. It sounds like there's a lot of uh, people wondering about what's happening for communities like Bridgeland. But one topic that was broached earlier on in the day, single-use plastic items. Thinking plastic bags as an example, or even your coffee cups that you're uh, using and then uh, throwing out the door. Our Global News uh, City Hall Bureau Chief Aurelio Perry is going to join us after 5 o'clock to uh, give us a little bit more context behind the story that you've been hearing through the course of the afternoon on that particular item. It does sound like that there's going to be a report done, but it's going to take a while. And that kind of drew a little bit of the ire from some of those around the council table. And after 5.30 today, if you're a Calgary Roughnecks fan, you'll probably want to tune in. But even beyond that, if you want to get uh, a little inspired, I'll say that much. The Calgary Board of Education has awarded this year's Legacy Award to a couple of brothers from here in Calgary, Jeff and Bob Snyder. Those names will probably ring a bell for a few people. Had a really, really thorough discussion earlier on today uh, about the award, but even beyond that, about life, about lacrosse and about legacy. And so we're going to chat with that. We're going to play you just a small snippet because there's so much there that we're going to make it into a special podcast version. You can download the Calgary Today podcast wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We will put that up before the end of the show today. whole bunch to get to. We're going to start off talking personal finances with Kelly Keene next on here, here on Calgary Today. 
All right, let's turn our attention now to a, a story that uh, Kelly Keene is in our province. She's actually up in Edmonton talking about personal finances. She is personal finance editor, and, and you can follow her on Twitter at Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y, K-E-E-H-N. There's so many E's in there. So Kelly Keene is her name. And she's diving into this a notion that it's not just having an effect on parents now to have to try to help their kids in paying for their post-secondary education, but it's also delaying retirement for those parents as well. And so wanted to get a little more in-depth with what we found through a, a survey recently. So, Kelly, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Great to be with you, Joe. This survey is something else. And I mean, the top line number is really what speaks, I think, volumes in the world of planning ahead because it says that 48% of Canadians, almost half, assist their kids with post-secondary costs, thinking that they're going to be having to postpone their retirement. So that's, that's a pretty stark number, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And not just postpone their retirement, but also postponing paying off their debt. So what that says to me is that Canadians, they don't really know where they're sitting financially. They don't they don't know if they can actually help their kids. Another standout finding uh, in that survey by FP Canada was that two thirds of parents are not aware of the financial supports that are out there for post-secondary education. And then just to kind of add on to that, too. Um, there's thousands of dollars of free money being left on the table because StatsCan came out as well with some of their data saying that half of Canadians are not taking advantage of that juicy um, education savings grant that you get when you invest in an RESP. So that's a registered education savings plan. So uh, yeah, a lot, lot to unpack in, in those, uh, that, those numbers and that data. So I guess from that standpoint is let's, let's speak to those parents who are sitting there going, I don't know where to even start. And I mean, I'm I'm looking at it from the standpoint of someone who hopefully at some point Aaron and I can have kids and we've had that conversation. But I think that's probably the first step in any of these conversations is really just having a conversation. Yeah, exactly. And and you know what? Crunching the numbers, we're really scared of numbers and people. There's a lot of emotions. There's a lot of intimidation. There's overwhelm. And if you're a parent, you're definitely in overwhelm. You might feel like you've got so much pulling at you already, and now someone's telling you you still have to save for the kids and yourself and pay off your debt. How are you going to do that? There was just that report that keeps coming out. How you know, 50% of Canadians are $200 away from not being able to pay their bills. This is the thing. You got to slow down. You got to know where you're sitting. It underscores the importance of of getting a financial plan, sitting down with someone like a certified financial planner. If you have money or not, and and one of the misconceptions as well, Joe, is that, well, you've got to have money to see one of these folks. That's not true. Yes, some of them do charge based on the assets you bring over. They charge a commission or a fee, but there's other planners that charge by the hour or by the plan. And at key points in your life, like, should you pay down on the mortgage? Should you go into an RRSP and take that tax deduction and maybe use it to fund the kid's RESP, these are really complex questions that there aren't simple sound bites or rules of thumb or whatever. You need someone to kind of do a diagnosis for you, help you crunch the numbers, go through your data, and come up with a plan. And that's really the only way you can do it. And realistically, you can't come up with that plan in the course of a year, especially when it, kids to, it comes to a, a kids moving into a, a college or a university. Is You're not going to magically come up with twenty five grand or whatever the dollar figure is. Yeah, and here's the thing. I like that you said you just start. You have the conversation because 
if you do find yourself in that situation, what are you going to do? Are your kids going to take on student loan debt? If they are, you really need to have the talk with them so they comprehend that this money they're being given, if there's anything left over, how they're utilizing it, maybe you introduce them to a planner as well to kind of help them get some good uh, spending and savings habits early on. If, as a parent, you're saying, no, you really want to help, okay, if you can't afford to help, you didn't save up, you didn't take advantage of the RESP or whatever the circumstances, and you're maybe going to take a line of credit on your mortgage or a reverse mortgage or cash in some of your RSPs, these have big consequences, tax and otherwise, potentially, that you don't want to just go in doing these things without really understanding the ramifications, the implications, knowing which is the best course of action. So again, you got to reach out to a professional if that is, is how you're going to help your kids with their, with their you know, education costs. You mentioned free money. And the first thing that came to mind, not only the RESP, but even the idea of applying for grants, applying for scholarships, all those mm-hmm. fun things that are uh, readily available. And I'm wondering, are parents just not, they want to you know, help out their kids so much that they forget about it? Or is it a matter of, hey, I need to be able to, you know, it's almost a status symbol. I don't need to depend on these kinds of things. And so we're willing to put those on the back burner. What is it that's leading people to go, you know what, I don't need to be thinking that far ahead or even applying for some of this free money no such a good point i think like with everything in life especially when it comes to our our finances it's a lack of awareness not knowing where to go just being too busy thinking that you'll have more willpower or knowledge or whatever later on then just quite frankly forgetting about it uh so it's 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 kind of like your health too right if you've got a personal trainer you've got a doctor you see often these people are going to help you identify your blind spots. If you don't have somebody in your corner in your financial life, it's going to be very difficult to be like, oh, this is the magic age that I should start being applying for these things for my kids. Or this is the magic age that you should start really, you know, buckling down and getting money into that RESP. Uh, Hard questions, a lot of complexity, um, and you just, you don't need to navigate it all on your own. One of the things, switching gears a little bit, that everybody over the last couple of months has been talking about is, hey, there's a change of government that's happened, or hey, there might be a possibility that down the line my, my job is going to be back in, in line. And, and I'm wondering, one of the things that I've heard recently that really stuck out to me is make sure you pay yourself first when you get that yeah. paycheck, and make sure you squirrel a little bit of it away, and that you're not just throwing all of your money at the bills that you need to. And granted, you got to pay the bills, but at the same time, if you can make those plans to make sure that you're saving a little bit of money that's going to go a long way down the road you you make such a great point i mean there's a lot to unpack there too joe because when you do get that let's say you've been out of work for a while and you're getting that job you might not be getting paid for like three weeks right till really you hit that first paycheck so there definitely is that that um feeling of just getting things paid off you've got a lot of things screaming at you for sure here's the takeaway there Uh, we've been talking all about investing in RESPs and stuff like that. There's another professional that you want to reach out to if debt is screaming at you, and that's a non-profit credit counselor. There's lots of great ones around. There's Money Mentors in Alberta. Uh, these people will also help you crunch the numbers in a different way. They'll take away that shame and that taboo. But I love what you're saying about the emergency savings account. Now, if you look at pure numbers, it always makes sense to pay down your high interest rate credit cards versus, let's say, throwing money uh, into a savings account. That's just like pure numbers. But the reality is, 
if your credit's been bad, if you've missed making some minimum payments, you need to remember that a credit card and a line of credit is a demand loan. At any time, your bank can take those away from you. I'm not saying that it happens a lot in Canada, but it does happen and happened a lot in the U.S. when the crisis was happening, happened a lot, where all of a sudden you've got a $10,000 limit on your credit card, you're up at $9,000 that you've racked on it, and all of a sudden the bank is saying, we've lowered that down to five, now you've got to pay up on the rest. So it is a great message for Albertans to just, you know, realize that you need that emergency savings. You need it to be liquid. You need it to be safe. You need it to be in cash. You should be asking your family how much cash should be in your home, in your wallet. Um, I think this has just been uh, a lot of lean times for people to get back to the basics. It's so important. And one of the things, Kelly, that I've heard recently was just that idea of, hey, you know what? If you put $5 down every single day or $20 down every week that you get paid or whatever the case may be, and just do the simple math, if you don't touch that money, if you dedicate it to something long term, like let's say if you're doing $5 a day, multiply that by 365 days a year, and then you multiply that by 18, that's a pretty nice way of being able to help your kid down the line for their schooling or maybe even it's for your retirement whatever the case may be i mean it's all about looking ahead if you if you can you know what you're so right it gets addictive right and what's five bucks a day we can easily waste five bucks a day so coffee right (laughs) and even nothing saying uh, this is what what irks me the most is people say well i'm going to give up my coffee or have to sacrifice you know what forget that if you just pay attention to the big things like negotiating your cell phone plans and and maybe shopping around your car and home insurance, learning how to negotiate on your mortgage. Oh my gosh, just one simple thing, negotiating the rate on your mortgage that could save you tens of thousands of dollars uh, over the life of your mortgage. Like we forget about these big life events that we just ignore that are costing huge amounts of dollars and pay attention to the little dollars. So like you said, do it in your favor. What's five bucks putting that a day? Or if your bank has a roundup program where every time you use your debit card, it kind of rounds it up and throws into a separate account for you. All these little tricks or setting up an RSP or TFSA and just throwing 50 bucks a month away. As soon as you see that and you see it accumulating, you're like, wow, that wasn't too much effort. I didn't even notice it going. Well, then bump it up a little bit more. Make your five bucks a day, seven bucks a day. And like, you know, as, as you mentioned, it adds up. It's a little, uh, little quick little tidbits that can save a whole lot of heartache and headache down the line, I think, more than anything else. Kelly, I do appreciate the time this afternoon. Thanks so much. Joe, always such a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Another great tip in here from uh, one of our texters, Dave, who says, pay yourself monthly 5 to 15% to an, into an RSP or TFSA. And if kids, an RESP, you won't miss it if you live within your means. And that's always the key, isn't it, is living within your means. And sometimes simple, like five bucks can be your cup of coffee at Starbucks, right? That expensive cup of coffee. All you got to do is just say, don't get me wrong. I know coffee is really important for a lot of people. Uh, Dave says that he's done this for the last 30 years. He's doing well and not helping the kids get their start with houses, etc. I mean, that's the way to do it. Again, it boils down to teaching the youngins about how you do things, especially if you're being successful with your dollars. So, uh, again, a few useful tidbits from Kelly there. Uh, you can follow her at Kelly Keen, K-E-L-L-E-Y. K-E-E-H-N. You can also follow me at Twitter at Calgary Today if you want to get more on that. You're listening to Calgary Today here on 770 CHQR. (music) 
lot of happy faces around the Breakfast Club of Canada as $5 million is heading their way from Pembina Pipeline for the Calgary region for kids who need a little breakfast to start the day. Joining us now from the Breakfast Club of Canada is Ben Numer. Ben, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. And thank you so much for having me. What does a contribution like this, especially from the private sector, do for the Breakfast Club of Canada? It is absolutely transformational. Uh, it is going to uh, reach so many students, um, children, youth in the province of Alberta, um, and now moving into the province of British Columbia as well. So it's a major injection uh, into school districts, uh, on reserve communities, feeding children a nutritional breakfast every single school morning. Talk a little bit about the need right now. I know everybody's talked about the economy and the tough times that we've had here in this province in particular, but it's it's one of those things that it has that trickle down to our youngest people. Yeah, it's the, the, the need is high. You know, across Canada, on average, uh, one in five children are at risk right now, today, this morning, going to school hungry. That means 20% of our youth uh, may not have breakfast before the first class in the morning. And that's just not right. These children are 110% not responsible for being born into these families. And we need to act now as a community. And Pembina has stepped up, made a major five-year investment of $5 million to better the communities they operate, to, to better um, under-resourced areas, all in an effort to feed these children. What kinds of breakfasts are we talking about here? Yeah, great question. So we, every single school morning, uh, we're serving three out of the four major food groups. Uh, we work with nutritionists uh, and, and educated people on the delivery of these programs, on how we operate, making these programs formalized, no stigma attached um, to these programs. If you're hungry, uh, come on to the program, hang out with your peers. Um, you'll see some programs at grade three will hang out with a grade seven, and it really builds that community at these schools. Um, and, and this is a wonderful opportunity for these children to get to know the staff and their teachers on a completely different level, which, which helps the community grow. That's got to be the challenging part. You mentioned it is the stigma aspect of it. And how do you override that? We don't, uh, basically what happens is that uh, we don't identify uh, who's hungry and who's not hungry. If you've had breakfast in the morning, but your, your, your peer, your pal hasn't, uh, you guys can both come into the program. There's no, you know, there's no attendance on, uh, on, on um, uh, using these children um, as, as children who aren't hungry. You know, everyone's hungry. Come on in, have, have, have a breakfast, um, come listen to music in the morning, or, you know, just it's just a really warm and inclusive and a welcoming and universal environment. Talk a little bit about going forward and, and again, the, the idea of what you guys need to do and what you can do with that uh, $5 million over the next five years. Yeah, so we'll, we'll be able to sustain these programs year after year. Uh, because you know, we are 94.5% funded by the private sector, uh, we really have to work hard on sustaining these programs. Um, the sad reality is, is that we have a wait list of programs, uh, and therefore meaning we have a wait list of, of children waiting for these breakfast programs to open. So if you're listening, if you have the means, the resources to volunteer, uh, to make a financial commitment, one dollar equals one breakfast. That loon in your pocket will feed a child tomorrow morning a breakfast, a nutritional breakfast, getting them ready to learn in the morning. And that's a key at the end of it is being able to set the wheels in motion because a hungry brain is one that isn't working at full capacity. 
Nope, not at all. We we've, we've have quantifiable measurements of how it's improved memory and cognition. Um, it's improved academic outcomes. Uh, you know, it helps helps teachers increase their teaching time. Uh, and and overall, it's just better for your health. Um, and they're learning healthy eating habits in the morning as well. Absolutely, Ben. I do appreciate the time and the insight this afternoon. Thanks so much for joining us. And thanks so much for having me. Ben Numer over at uh, Breakfast Clubs of Canada getting uh, $5 million from Pembina Pipeline. Fantastic job, uh, one and all. You're listening to Calgary Today. Let's uh, turn our attention now over to the University of Calgary, Mount Royal, and SATE as 850 grade 9 girls from Calgary uh, decided to take a look at science, technology, engineering, and math, a.k.a. STEM. Explore STEM is the name of the event held at the University of Calgary earlier today. Dr. Lale Bejat is a professor in the Department of Electrical and Computer Engineering over at the University of Calgary, and she joins us now. Uh, Dr. Bejat, thanks so much for the time today. Thank you very much for having me. What does today mean in the world of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics? This will mean that we will have our best and brightest uh, students who are studying right now in our junior high schools and high schools. We'll be excited about joining engineering, science, technology, and mathematics, and we'll be shaping a much, much better future for us. It's obviously about broadening some horizons and getting uh, young people to be thinking about uh, their future. And I mean, when you look at some of the the advances in technology and you look at some of the advances in science and how these three kind of career trajectories have all kind of intersected now, it's got to be really exciting and have a little bit of momentum going behind it. Oh, absolutely. So we have all the advances in uh, computing, AI, uh, robotics. Uh, that is including with things that we are doing on having alternative energy and uh, also the change, changes that we have got in connectivity and how people are connected to each other uh, compared to uh, years before. Uh, these have really changed how we live and what we can do in our lives. So if you look at my grandmother time, she her life was much, much smaller. Things she could do were we're very much more limited than what I can do and what my kids can do in the future. Uh, we have uh, professors who are working on human-robot interactions or uh, people who are working on building uh, ro- surger- surgical robots that are going to be working in space. Uh, Rachel Rosa, which is one of our PhD students, and also her supervisor, Dr. Chris McNabb, are working on that. Um, we have other professors who are working on um, uh, basically um, having surgery with ultrasound waves mm-hmm. or better imaging uh, systems so you don't have to get an x-ray and uh, be exposed to all the radiation. Um, I work on building better computers so we can basically have all of these computation and things that we are doing much, much better, faster and with lot, lot less energy. Just seeing over the last 20 years since this program first started, uh, you guys have had to have seen some massive growth. Absolutely. And uh, what, uh, with respect to AI, um, it is, AI is going to be part of our lives and we are going to have a lot of things that we're going to be doing without, um, uh, we're going to be doing a lot easier, the decisions that we need to make. So, for example, 
um, right now you want to buy a house, uh, you go and look at all these houses. But the AI, AI might just tell you, like, how are you using the spaces in your current house? And I know that there's a house over there that is so much better for you, and you can use that one. And so if you want to change your house, you can just have the AI find out what you're doing in your house, what things you need and what things you don't need, and then find the best match for you. So these are some of the things we can do. But the reason that we want this festival to have is not only to have our uh, female uh, students to be excited about this, but we also want them to start thinking about how they will build this future. So uh, we have, uh, unfortunately, we have only 25% of our engineering uh, cohort who are gonna are female, which will mean that we will have a lot less voices from them in the society. What we want to do is we want to make sure that everybody's voice is heard so we can have all these different perspectives out and we can have much, much better solutions to all the problems we are having. I was going to ask about that. And, and what is the key to getting our young women more involved in the sciences, the technology, the engineering and the math? Um, so this is a very good question. I think one of the biggest things we have to do is we have to show them that these are careers that they can thrive in. These are things that they can do with their uh, creativity, with their knowledge and their work. Um, I think one of the biggest problems that are the barriers for our female students is they don't see themselves, their role models uh, in front of them, and they don't see themselves doing these things. Um, in, and so that's why one of the reasons that these, uh, these uh, days are very, very important are, and these types of festivals are very important, is that we can bring them over to our space, to the University of Calgary, to SAID, and to, to other places in Montreal, and make sure that they see all the people who are working there, they see all these role models, and they can then they can start seeing themselves as, oh yeah, I can definitely be like this, I can definitely do this. And that will spark the, uh, the curiosity, the drive to, to work and get to university and become part of the group. So it sounds like a, a big part of this is actually just touting the great work that is being done uh, across the different STEM pathways. Absolutely. Um, that, is, uh, that is really, really important. And that's why one of the things we do when we showcase uh, our work is we also invite a lot of our uh, undergraduate and graduate students to help us do this so that these students can basically see all these different things. So today, uh, a lot of my graduate students are actually working. One of them was uh, doing some physics experiments. Other were doing uh, just sort of uh, geomatics, showing surveying things. And so uh, we all sort of try to show these, um, uh, the next generation of what we are doing um, and how exciting things we are doing is. Doctor, I do appreciate the time this afternoon. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. been a busy day in the big blue playpen as some like to refer to city hall as as the city's utilities and corporate services committee are receiving a couple of reports one being around its annual flood resiliency update and uh, our own Aurelio Perry has written up a story surrounding the difference in opinions on flood barriers in a couple of different areas being Sunnyside and Bowness. so a couple of different points there that we'll talk about maybe in the days ahead in the meantime earlier today in 
case you missed it, that same committee asking for a strategy on how to reduce single-use items and put together a bit of an implementation plan. Aurelio Perry joining us now on the program. Thanks so much for the time today, sir. Good afternoon, Joe. Where was this idea born from? Who brought it up? And what was the tone of the discussion today? Uh, basically, this is something that you know other cities are uh, are doing. Uh, council last year approved uh, the need for targeted programs on material that's going to the landfill, and so there's been a lot of media attention uh, across North America and the world on uh, single-use items, most of them plastic and. Uh, a lot of the you know a lot of the publicity has been on the plastic straws right mm-hmm. because they really don't get recycled and uh, you wind up throwing them uh, they get wind up getting thrown all over the place litter and curbs and parks etc all that stuff so uh, some cities are pushing for either that businesses don't offer the straws unless a customer asks for one or you use you know the paper type straw to suck through that type of thing and of course also the infamous should we be banning plastic bags right? uh, yes that, that discussion again right so you know the plastic bags can be recycled uh, especially if you take a bunch of the plastic bags and make a little ball out of them they can be recycled however uh, a lot of the problems have been that they aren't being recycled and they're everywhere now, from this standpoint, counts or committee did decide today six to one voting in favor of going forward. So, what is going to be uh, the work done by administration over the next little while here? So, the admin's going to come up with a strategy on ways to reduce uh, these single use items. How can they do this? And they're going to look at ways of. Uh, what is the impact on businesses? Will will it be a really big economic cost for businesses? Trying to find out ways that they don't hurt businesses that way. You know, is there increased health risks due to uh, contamination of raw food because of the packaging that maybe they'll switch to, that type of thing? Uh, what are other legal considerations, uh, I guess, in Victoria, I believe it's Victoria or some places in BC there are court cases where uh, the plastic uh, shopping bag uh, industries have taken some of these municipalities to court. Uh, Wood Buffalo is interestingly they've brought up in a ban and uh, since they put brown in that ban there's been a 90% decrease in plastic bag bag litter because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, they also say, you know, they've heard from people saying, you know, the consumers themselves are saying, hey, we got to put a stop to all, a lot of these products, that type of thing. Did we hear anything from the community today? Uh, you had a few people get up and talk about it. Uh, Plastic Free YYC, there was an 11-year-old girl who made a performance about, you know, she's done some river cleanups and uh, the stuff that she's found, that type of thing, and other people saying, hey, you need to move a lot quicker on this because this strategy they're going to come up with is uh, not supposed to come back till uh, the third quarter of next year, meaning the fall of next year. And then from there, then council decides, hey, I like this aspect, I like this, why don't we go forward with this? And so that'll take some time to implement as well. So there's people saying they have to move quicker. The chair of the committee, Ward Sutherland, the councillor, is saying, you know, 
yes, we need to make sure our legal steps are in order and uh, take a look at unintended consequences on businesses, but he'd also like to see it move a bit quicker than what they've proposed. Do we have any idea as to how big of a problem it might be in our city right now? They uh, they don't have any data in that regard, but uh, more and more the problems you're seeing is with this uh, single uh, plastic cup. They you know they say in Calgary items such as plastic bags, coffee cups, plastic cups, uh, those foam containers make up as much as two percent of the waste that goes to landfill. So they say that is small, but uh, these are some of the most common things that you find in public spaces, especially like if you go to a garbage can near an LRT station. Uh, these things are packed with, you know, the old coffee cups, the straws, uh, the you know, the lids to the coffee cups, because you can recycle the coffee cups, mm-hmm. and then uh, some of the lids that you can't type of thing, but uh, that's some of the problems is that you're finding in these public spaces all this stuff being thrown out. Aurelio, I do appreciate the insight uh, from within Council Chambers today. Thanks so much. No problem, Joe. Our City Hall Bureau Chief Aurelio Perry joining us a little bit more on today's story surrounding single-use plastic items. And the one that always comes to mind is I wonder if this is something that the province is eventually going to get into. I don't think it'll be this particular provincial government, but that's a different story for a different day. Turning our attention to a story that came out uh, yesterday, the Calgary Board of Education uh, announcing Jeff and Bob Snyder, the recipients of the CBE's Legacy Award. Now, Jeff and Bob, both graduates of Sir Winston Churchill High School, both known uh, in lacrosse circles in particular, both wearing the the colors of the Calgary Roughnecks. They're also coaches, mentors, the Elevate lacrosse program you may have heard of before. They're also entrepreneurs. They're looking at, they were always looking, from what I understand, at what they could be doing on the side. They were also always aware of personal brand. And so they both uh, joined me earlier on in the day and it turned into a 25-minute conversation. And I know both those guys uh, through different means, obviously working at the Dome and yelling into a microphone, that kind of thing. But I was always fascinated by athletes and by people of influence and and their abilities to be able to kind of expand their horizons a little bit and to be able to go into different fields and these two what i'm going to do in just a couple of seconds i'm going to post the the link to the full 25 minute conversation on my twitter at calgary today i can't play obviously the 25 minute interview here but i'm going to play you just a small portion of it and in this was their answer to the question as surrounding this legacy award is what do they hope that their legacy is Oh, great. <laughs> um, you know what? I think uh, a lot of people, in, in my perspective, there's, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, not, not necessarily enjoy what they're doing or, you know, struggling to find a path and struggling to find a purpose. And I think with, you know, Jeff and myself, it, it does come naturally as we're, we're involved in this, uh, you know, in this, in this company that you know, does good things and gives back. I mean, I said it a while back that, you know, if things were to just kind of shut down right now, like we'd, you know, we'd, we'd be content just on the fact that we've helped so many kids. I mean, continuing to do what we do and, and changing lives is, is a big deal for us. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, we do operate day in and day out, but, you know, it's whether it's going to a school and putting a smile on a kid's face or you know, helping a kid with a particular skill of practice or, you know, getting, a, getting someone off to university that, 
you know, in their mind, thought that they could never accomplish that. I think that that ultimately is what is what drives us, and, and we'll continue to leave our legacy behind. Is just you know making an impact and a difference for those kids in the community, and, and knowing that um, you know the values and the characteristics that we have can uh, can be shared with them, in, in hopes that they have success down the road. So, you know, for me, I think, um, you know, there's a lot of good, a lot of incredible Calgarians doing a lot of incredible things all over the globe. And, uh, you know, for me, I just, I think, you know, the, the, the legacy of, of, uh, of, you know, being brought up in Calgary and, and leaving Calgary better than we found it, I think is, uh, is, is pretty powerful. And, and that would be my mind on, you know, what, what this means is, uh, uh you know, contributing to the fact that, that, you know, we're, we're assisting, you know, with great parents and teachers and families and in, in creating the future leaders in Calgary um, to aspiring to, to grow a, a discipline of, of lacrosse and the women's sports beyond, uh, you know, where it could possibly be. And, and that coupled with men's lacrosse, um, you know, we're very passionate about getting more females into the game of lacrosse. I think it's very important because there's a massive amount of opportunity and a, and a great opportunity to grow. Um, so, you know, for, for us, you know, just growing the sport and, and saying growing the game isn't enough for us where, you know, for me, um, you know, I, I, I would, I'm, I'm proud to have the opportunity to, you know, to contribute to the Calgary community. I think it, it, uh, you know, I think that's one amazing thing about Calgary is, is, you know, we're, we're we're in a challenged time right now and and there's still amazing people doing amazing things in this city and and we're aspiring to be on that level um and and that's why we love contributing to our backyard and and i think you know ultimately that would be the legacy that that i would like to leave as one of of you know being a good citizen uh giving back to our community making our communities better and aspire inspiring people that have come through our program or a part of our program you know, to go back into their, into their, you know, various communities and, and do the same thing. Um, you know, just, just paying it forward with, with leadership and, and leading isn't always easy. It's sometimes tough. Um, you got to make hard decisions and you got to do, you know, you got to rely on your character and, and again, you know, character, culture, and compete relying on those things to help leave Calgary a better place and, and, you know, potentially impacted on, on the smallest of levels would be incredibly rewarding for me. Again, congratulations going out to Jeff and Bob Snyder, a couple of lacrosse stalwarts here from the city of Calgary, picking up the Calgary Board of Education's Legacy Award, which was presented at the board meeting on Tuesday. Again, if you want to listen to the full 25-minute conversation and are a listener of podcasts, head on over to the Calgary Today podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts, and it's up for download now. You can also uh, check that out on Twitter at Calgary Today. I've posted a link just a short time ago. Thanks so much for listening to the Calgary Today podcast. You can find it on iTunes, Google Play, and tune in. When you do, don't forget to write the show and leave a comment. Until next time, my friends.